0: welcome to the let's Stitch misophonia podcast i'm your host brooklyn and i'm sharing how unconscious reprogramming helped me eliminate my own misophonia after more than 20 years of suffering i'm also sharing how i support my clients using the same tools and modalities to help them lessen trigger sounds alleviate the suffering they experience from misophonia and create more joy in their lives my degree in communication Coupled with my training and certification in working with the unconscious mind, creates a coaching environment with a unique approach to get you results. So with that being said, let's dive into the show. Well, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Let's Ditch Misophonia podcast. I know it's been a few weeks since I've uploaded an episode. I have been sick and just very congested. And I actually recorded a Q&A session for the master class on Monday and actually had to stop um, about 45 minutes into the recording because I was just having these coughing fits and, and couldn't breathe. So I haven't been able to record the podcast. I've also been traveling. So it's been a few weeks, but I actually think that the break is advantageous because what I'm talking about today might ruffle some feathers. It might be a bit triggering and so I've had some time to really reflect on how I want to present what it is that we're talking about today. So today is going to be a really good episode. It's all about how your healing and progress is. It doesn't have to be linear and more than likely it will not be Linear and that is completely okay and very much human. So, if you feel like with your misophonia, you feel like you've made some amazing progress and then you feel like you're moving backwards, I am going to alleviate those worries for you today and really even eliminate this idea that there is such thing as moving forwards and moving backwards. So, we're really going to dive into that today and. This episode is inspired from, you know, working through the master class, working with my clients in the group program, working with one on one clients. And so this episode one is definitely for them to support them on their journey and also for anyone who's listening. Maybe someone who has had some success in the past, using other modalities, other techniques or or whatever, working with a therapist, whatever kind of relief you've experienced, and then feel like, you've lost in quotes that progress. That's what we're going to be diving into today. So I'm really excited about that. And yeah, we're going to start off. I kind of have two parts to this episode. We're going to start off with something that's maybe a little less triggering and I'll save maybe the more hot button topic for for the end of the episode. Before we dive in, though, I do want to share some really exciting news that the masterclass was amazing. Thank you for all of you who showed up live. For those of you who are watching the recording, it was really an amazing container, amazing energy. We spent over three hours together and we went through the entire six-step roadmap. So it was really an amazing and successful masterclass. And I can't wait to continue looking through the exit surveys as they come back. And good news, if you missed out on the masterclass, you now can purchase your ticket to watch the recording. And not only will you get to watch the recording of the masterclass, you will also get access to the portal in Kajabi where you have your EFT workbook and some other bonuses in there. So if you're interested in getting in on the masterclass, the the masterclass that's really designed to help you understand how this unconscious reprogramming can actually support you in lessening your suffering from misophonia you're going to walk away with some implementable strategies to actually start and continue this work and you're going to understand how you can continue this work moving forward you'll experience some relief through the coaching that we'll do together if you're interested in this go to the show notes you can purchase the recording and like i said you'll get access to the kajabi portal as well where you will have additional resources in there in addition to the recording of the Roadmap to Misophonia Relief Masterclass. So that is available for you. Click the link in the show notes. And with that being said, let's dive into today's topic. So I already gave you a little bit of a teaser. Today we are discussing how healing is very often not linear. And There's, I'm sure there's many reasons for this, but the one that I want to touch on today is this idea that the unconscious or subconscious mind is not a fan of change. Even good change can seem scary to the unconscious mind. The unconscious mind is wired for survival. And so change, if you are already surviving and you're alive, like you're breathing, you have food, you have water, you're surviving in something is changing in your environment, your unconscious mind is thinking, whoa, 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 we're alive. We're fine. Why are we changing anything? What we're doing is working. Let's not change anything. So even with misophonia, when you feel triggered and you're surrounded by all these sounds, of course it's uncomfortable, it's painful, it's frustrating, it's anxiety producing. And also it's what your mind is used to. It's what your mind is comfortable with. It's what your mind Knows. Again, when your mind is creating those emotions in you, like anger, frustration, anxiety, fear, it's not creating those emotions in you because it wants you to feel good or bad. It's creating those emotions in you to get you to take action, to eliminate that threat. And so when you start hearing those sounds and they're no longer triggering to you and they don't feel as dangerous, your mind is like, whoa, 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 this isn't what we're used to. Why aren't we leaving the room? Why aren't we plugging our ears? and so you can experience this progress and then it might feel like okay a week later you're back to where you started. And so for me again I want to touch on this idea of moving forward and taking steps backward. For me I don't really see healing as this linear journey where you can take, you know, 5 steps forward and then 6 steps backwards. For me, it's more of a spectrum. And some days you might find yourself on one end of the spectrum and a week later you might be more you know, fluctuating toward the other end. And again, it's because of the way the unconscious mind works that we experience kind of these ebbs and flows. So I've had clients who have made amazing progress. They've told me about how they heard these trigger sounds and their reactions were completely different. They didn't feel the need to run away or plug their ears like they felt more calm and at peace. And then three weeks later, they'll send me a message and say, oh my gosh, it's not working. I haven't made any progress. I've failed. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You've definitely made progress. I have evidence of it because you have sent me these messages and I can hear the joy and the excitement in your voice when you're explaining to me the transformation that you've created for yourself. And so it's not that you've failed or that you're going backward. It's just, have you heard the phrase, you know, new level, new devil? When you're stepping into unfamiliarity, it takes time for your mind to really get comfortable with the new level that you're at. It's like you're reaching a new threshold of what's comfortable, of what feels good. So for example, you have these people who, maybe don't have a ton of money, and then they win the lottery. And now they go from being almost broke to having more money than they could ever imagine. What happens with a lot of those lottery winners? They spend it all. And then in a few years, they're actually more broke than they were before They won the lottery and it's because that's a new threshold for them. They're not comfortable or familiar with all of that money. And so it may not be consciously, but unconsciously they find reasons to spend it all to get rid of it because what they're comfortable with is being broke. Now, is being broke as useful to them as having a ton of money? No, but it's just not something that their mind is comfortable with. So even though they're excited about winning the lottery, even though they like having all that money unconscious mind is like no 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 we need to get rid of this this is not what we're used to and so you'll find that as you make progress with your misophonia and you notice oh this whistling doesn't bother me or this gum popping like I'm okay I'm not actually reacting like I used to it feels really good and exciting and also it's it's a new threshold and so your mind you might notice a week later that now it's like okay well why is this sound bothering me It's because that's what your mind is comfortable with. That's what your mind knows. And so that's why the work that we do is ongoing. It's not that you come to me, we work together for eight weeks in the program, and then you're totally good to go. Everything is fine. You don't need to do any reprogramming ever again. No, I'm giving you the skills to continue doing this work as you move forward. Because again, you're healing isn't a linear process new level new devil new secondary gains might pop up. So for example, let's say that when you're starting this work, you're starting to lessen or you're starting to lessen the suffering you experience from misophonia. Let's say the secondary gain that you're aware of or some kind of benefit that you you get from not achieving said goal, let's say that the the secondary gain was one that I had which was my pride. I felt like if I Eliminated my misophonia, then what everyone said about me would be right. They would be right and I would be wrong. You know, it's all in your head. You're just making it up. They'd be like, see, if you got rid of it this easily, then it was all in your head. And so for me, it was wanting that external validation and it kept me from making progress. So let's say you address that secondary gain and you start seeing less and less reactions to your trigger sounds. And this is really exciting. It feels like progress. And then a month later, you feel like you're back at at square one in, in quotes, because again, I don't feel like there's such thing as forward and backward. It's just you're at a different place on, you know, on the spectrum. And it might be that, okay, there's a new, now there's a new secondary gain that is popping up and kind of moving you to a different point on the spectrum. So now maybe now the secondary gain is when you experienced misophonia, people would make accommodations for you. They would say, hey, is this okay? Do you want me to go eat in the other room? And not consciously, right? Because consciously you're excited to not be bothered by these things anymore, but your unconscious mind actually get got some benefit from people making those accommodations for you. It felt good to feel important, to feel Maybe like the center of attention or to feel like people were catering to you. And so consciously, it's not that you're wanting that or thinking about that. Your unconscious mind is perceiving that. And so it's like, wait, no, 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 no. If we lessen the suffering that we have from misophonia, then we're going to lose that. We're going to lose people catering to us. We're going to lose that feeling of importance. And so you start to notice that you feel like, okay, now you're being bothered by these sounds again. It doesn't mean you're going backwards. It just means that healing isn't linear and there's more work you can do to clear up that secondary gain so you can continue on the end of the spectrum that you want to be on. And so one really amazing way to address these secondary gains, of course, there's all kinds of fun stuff we can do, but something you can do right now is identifying what that need is that the unconscious mind is presenting to you. So in this case, it's the need to feel accommodated. Well, how can you meet that need? And maybe it's it's a need that doesn't need to be met. Maybe this is just something you clear up and then you're good to go. But maybe there is a need that that should be met there. What's another way that you can fulfill that or meet that without having to suffer from the effects of misophonia? And so again, it's okay if you experience this amazing progress and then a couple days later you're like, well, I haven't done anything at all. Again, you've made progress. There's evidence of it. That's why I always encourage my clients to physically track your evidence Put it in a journal, put it in your phone, leave yourself voice notes. I've had a client who has left themselves voice notes so when they're feeling down, they can go back and listen to themselves telling themselves about how amazing they're doing. Keep track of this progress. So on days when it feels a bit harder, when it feels more challenging, you can go back and it's one thing for me as your coach to remind you of that progress. It's another thing when it's coming from you. That makes it even more powerful, even more believable, even more real. Keep track of your progress so that when you feel you, feel yourself sliding on that spectrum, again, you have that evidence to remind yourself to motivate yourself. This work is ongoing. And sure, there are some things that you can clear up and they may never come around again that's amazing. And there'll be other things where it's just a matter of continuing to do that work and adjusting to that new threshold, to that new upper limit. For me, even I, I talk about having cleared my misophonia on a scale from zero to five, five being severe, zero being not a problem at all, I would put myself at a 0.5. So still still on the, that scale, but it's definitely It doesn't affect my everyday life like it used to. It doesn't cause me to feel rage, hopelessness, anxiety. There's just some sounds from time to time that bother me, but it's not the same triggering response that I experienced in the past, right? But even for me, I still do this work all the time. And that's one of the major blessings of getting to coach people with misophonia is that when I'm walking them through these exercises and these modalities, My unconscious mind is also soaking all of that up at the same time. So I am always doing this work every time I host a live call, every time I create a new resource, I am doing the work along with you. And this is why, you know, the coaching industry is definitely, um, it can be quite problematic, especially with, with people who are coaching without any kind of training or certifications or it's really just a cash grab. I won't go into it, but you you know, obviously, the the issues with the coaching industry. But this is why you see that therapists have therapists. Coaches have coaches. Because, in fact, I was actually, I'm working to get trained in rapid resolution therapy to become certified. And, you know, you have to put in a lot of hours of training for that. And in one of the latest videos that I watched, Dr. John Connolly, who founded RRT, he talks about that as human beings, none of us have really figured out how to stay clear, but we have figured out how to get clear. So again, it's okay if you clear something up and then a month later, you're like, ah, this thing is bothering me. That just means there's more work to be done. You get to engage in that reprogramming. You get to reach out to somebody who can support you, which again is why coaches have coaches, therapists have therapists, because we're all human beings and we're on this this journey and we're all experiencing different things and different societal pressures and different expectations and different programming and patterns. And so it's okay if you feel a bit up and down and if your progress isn't linear. Even For myself with misophonia, my progress was definitely not linear and it's something that I work at every day. And the only time that you really fail is if you just quit and give up, right? You haven't failed just because one day the sounds are bothering you more than another day. So keep going and I really, really, this is my biggest tip is just track your progress because again, even if you're working with a coach or a therapist or whoever, whomever, I encourage you personally to track your progress because it is so much more impactful when it is coming from you. So that was kind of the the first part of this episode. Now we'll go into the part that might ruffle some feathers, but like I said, I've had a couple weeks to reflect on how I want to approach this and this definitely is some tough love and I'm sharing this because I believe that sharing this is going to support you in creating even more progress in your life so just stick with me okay it's okay if you don't agree with me it's okay if it ruffles your feathers that's okay just stick with me because I wouldn't share this unless I thought it was valuable okay so I just want to say this. This is kind of the feather ruffling statement and then I'll I'll explain in a bit, okay? So I just want to tell you, you are not that special, okay? Now, of course, every single one of us, every human being on this planet, it is, we're all so unique and we bring a different set of skills and energy and just the fact that we're here on this planet is absolutely amazing. Think about how many things had to go exactly the way that they did in order for you to be here. Think about, you know, your grandparents and their grandparents and their grandparents, like all of these people had to meet and come together for you to be here on this planet. And that is incredible. So all of us are such amazing, unique, worthy human beings. And also you're not that special. Okay, I have had people who have wanted to work with me, I've even had some clients who will try to find any excuse that they can to avoid doing the work. So I remember we talked about how unconscious mind isn't too comfortable with change, even when it's good change. Unconscious mind is like, wait a minute, we were, we were fine before, why are we making any changes? And you'll find that in the form of excuses. So you'll say someone or you'll, you'll hear someone say, well, yeah, that worked for them, but I can't do this because of insert reason. I can't do this because of X, Y, and Z. This is why it won't work for me. And the truth of the matter is these excuses really aren't that unique. Or I will also have people who say, oh, well, I really want to enroll in the program, but I just don't have the time. It's like, okay, well, when will be the right time? When is the right time to create relief for yourself? Or I may have someone say, well, I really want to enroll, but I have this really big event coming up or, you know, I have the holidays coming up and so it's just not the right time. It's like, all right, well, wouldn't you rather go to that big event or go into the holidays actually being able to enjoy That event or being able to talk with family members without like clutching on to a pair of earplugs. Wouldn't that be nice? And so there's never going to be the right time or the perfect scenario. There's every excuse in the book that you can come up with. Excuses are the unconscious mind's way of keeping you, in quotes, safe or keeping you from doing the work. And so if you find yourself in this spiral, in this victim mentality, I encourage you to ask yourself or to really take a step back and examine those excuses, examine those reasons and ask yourself, is this serving me? Is saying and believing I don't have time for this, is that useful for me? The answer is probably no. Now, let's say that something, you know, really unfortunate has happened, something traumatic, you know, maybe just a random example like maybe your house burned down or something okay yeah maybe not the right time to invest in coaching or a program probably not the right time to be focusing on self-development because you are just focusing on survival survival comes first right we want to have food we want to have water we want to have shelter if those aren't being met then okay yes I your excuse of now isn't the right time completely valid but if you have those things if your basic survival needs are met Then I encourage you to look at those excuses and actually examine them more objectively and see if they're actually serving you. If they are, okay, great. If they're not, well then, if they're not, mic drop. (laughs) Then you need to move forward and decide, am I going to let this belief keep me stuck or am I going to step into transformation? Even though it's scary, I know that this is going to benefit me more than sitting here and not taking action or sitting here and doing nothing. And so that's why I say, you're not that special. I'm referring to your excuses. Or people say, well, oh, that's great that that modality worked for them, but this just didn't work for me. I just, my my misophonia is more severe than theirs was. Whether or not that's true, it's likely not. Whether or not that's true, okay, this modality didn't work for you. Try another one. Do I shouldn't say try. I'm not a huge fan of the word try. Do another one. Give another one a shot, right? Continue going until you find something that works. And again, it's like I said, maybe your misophonia is more severe than somebody else's. Maybe your experience is more severe. But oftentimes, The only thing standing in our way is ourselves, is our fears, our beliefs, our programming that is keeping you stuck. And so, yes, of course, we're all such unique, amazing, beautiful human beings. And we all bring different experiences and values to this planet. And also, we all can come up with very similar excuses. And again, it's the mind's way of keeping you stuck, keeping you in what's familiar. Because again, even good change can seem scary. And so I know this oftentimes can be a tough pill to swallow because it is a lot more comfortable to kind of sit in the victim mentality, thinking that everything is happening to you. The biggest shift in my life came from when I really shifted from victim mode into creator mode creator mode being taking responsibility for your life and deciding that you are going to to the best of your abilities create the life that you want and the same goes for misophonia it is not your fault that you experience it you didn't install this program on purpose you However, you develop this pattern, whether it was something that you experienced or something that was said or whatever, it's not your fault. You didn't do it on purpose, right? And also at the same time, it is what it is. If you're suffering from it, then you are the one who can do something about it. I've said this before doctors were not able to help me. My therapist wasn't able to help me. I went to a neurologist. I tried medicine. None of it worked. It wasn't until I really took responsibility and said, you know what? This isn't my fault, and yet I'm the one who's responsible for doing something about it. So of course, as your coach, I'm going to walk you through it. It's my responsibility as your coach to support you in creating that transformation. At the same time, though, you have to meet me on the playing field. So if you're hiring me as your soccer or football coach, as some say, and you want me to, you know, help you make you a better soccer player. Well, if you never show up to the pitch or the field, I can't do that for you, right? Especially working as a coach virtually. I don't know where you live. I can't go up to your door and knock on your door and force you to come to a session with me. You have to show up. And then, of course, I'm going to do the rest. I'm going to support you through it and motivate you to really do the work. But you actually actually have to walk that path and take responsibility for it. There's lots of different things that people experience that they didn't ask for and it's not their fault and yet they do something about it. The, the example that I use all the time is let's say that someone's in a car accident. The accident isn't their fault. It was the other driver's fault but this person now has a broken leg and a ton of medical bills. It's not their fault that their leg is broken. It's not their fault that they were in an accident. They didn't cause it And yet they are the one that has to go through the surgeries, has to go through physical therapy, may have to take some time off of work. They didn't cause the accident, but they are still left with the consequences of it. And so they can choose to do nothing about it and just walk around with a bag of broken bones for a leg, but they probably realize, hey, that's not going to be very useful. So yes, this isn't my fault, but I'm going to do something about it because I would like to be able to walk again. I'd like to be able to use my leg again. And so really shifting from this victim mentality, you're really not losing anything and you have everything to gain because then you become so much more aware of the opportunities around you to really create transformation and change. And I'll tell you that when you do that, you are then, you will have a ripple effect on others around you. You then make it easier for others to follow you and create their own transformation I always thank every single one of my clients. I say, you are paving the way for future people to get the support that they need in their experience with misophonia because you doing the work and creating transformation for yourself and then sharing that, you are shining the light on these modalities and these techniques and you're shining the light on what can be created when you commit to yourself and you commit to the journey. So I genuinely think I genuinely thank every single one of my clients because they are paving the way for you listening right now to engage in that work and create transformation for yourself. And so as human beings, when we can take responsibility for ourselves, we then spark that and encourage that in others. And again, I know that this can seem maybe controversial. You're thinking, well, there's so many things that are out of my control. You're absolutely correct. The majority of things we experience are completely out of our control. And at the same time, we get to decide how do we respond to those events and those things that happen and how do we move forward from from those things. So I appreciate you hearing me out and sitting with me through this episode. Again, this is one that I've been sitting on for a couple weeks and I'm I'm grateful that I did because it really gave me time to reflect on how to present this in the most gentle but still kind of like butt-kicking way to really help you see kind of a shift in perspective and how valuable and useful it can be. So I want to thank you for listening. And again, if you want to see what coaching with me is all about, if you want to get kind of a a taste of what unconscious programming really is and, and what we do together and my coaching style, I definitely encourage you to sign up and purchase the masterclass recording. Again, it was like three hours where we get together. And then there's an hour recorded Q&A that you'll also get access to. And the questions that were asked were really good. And you'll also get the EFT workbook and some additional resources in there as well. So if you want to see what it's all about, if you want to really understand how unconscious reprogramming can help you lessen the suffering you experience from misophonia, and also, spoiler alert, help you in so many other areas of your life, make sure you click the link in the show notes and get access to, to that recording. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for waiting patiently while I got another episode recorded and I will catch you in the next one.